When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And unfortunately, Wes, talking about another loss for the Green Bay Packers. Sunday at Lambeau, 27-10 to the New York Jets. And we can touch on a little bit in all three phases because there was a lot that went wrong in this game for Green Bay. But starting on offense because... Hearing from Matt LaFleur both after the game and on Monday, a lot of problems for the Packers up front with the blocking, the offensive line, and it sounds like things are going to be examined in terms of potential personnel changes here. So we'll have to see how that shakes out, but uh, but things could be changing up front for Green Bay's offense. Every once in a while, Mike, an insider inbox, and else it'll seep into final thoughts. We'll talk about winning in the trenches, winning up front. That isn't just a convenient cliche. It's the truth. Yep. And the New York Giants, I felt like in this game, and it's not just the Packers offensive line, it's both sides of the ball. They were able to impose their will, and they were the team that was better up front. And you saw how it impacted things right from the get-go. I mean, Quinn and Williams, for my money, probably the best player on the field on Sunday. I would agree. Especially the way he penetrated both against the run. Packers were not able to get their concepts going in that regard. And then being among the, the guys that was pressuring Aaron Rodgers. Nine quarterback hits, three of those belonged to Williams. The Packers just weren't able to get into their stuff. That was one of the big messages that Matt LaFleur had. As far as the game plan was concerned, I think when you hear Matt LaFleur discuss it for 25 minutes, you understand what they were looking for and why they weren't able to get to certain things. But at the end of the day, I think the most frustrating thing is the way the Packers finished in London is the way they started back at Lambeau Field. And ultimately, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, up through the first, you know, five games of the season, including coming back from the London game, we were talking about you know, run-pass ratio and how many touches this guy gets and that guy gets. This game was not about that at all because uh, the, the Packers were having so much trouble up front with the stunts and the twists. And as you said, they just could, they couldn't get into their stuff. And, and uh, it, didn't matter, it didn't matter who was supposed to get the ball or whatever. The, the, the Jets up front were just wrecking anything that, uh, um, that Green Bay wanted to do. On the defensive side... This it felt to me, and you know me, I'm a baseball fan, so I'm going to use a baseball analogy here. It felt to me like like a pitcher's duel because yeah. early on, both both of these defenses were having their way. Nobody was getting anything done offensively, 
And, you know, in a pitcher's duel, if it gets to like the sixth or seventh inning and both pitchers out there, you know, are feel like they have to be perfect because their offense is not doing anything against the other guy's pitcher. And then as soon as a mistake is made, suddenly it's not just one run on the board. It's like three or four or five. And then a a pitcher's duel actually turns into a runaway, turns into a blowout. That's what this game felt like because three to three at halftime and then the Packers' defense got a three and out right at the start of the third quarter. But then after that, the play-action rollout and the 41-yard pass down the field to Corey Davis, that felt like the one that that broke the dam. It opened the floodgates because from that moment on, the Packers' defense that suddenly had allowed only three points through eight possessions for the Jets then suddenly allowed 200 yards over the next three possessions and couldn't get itself off the field. Yeah, and a Jets offense that had been non-existent in the third quarter up until that game, only three points on the season, was able to find the end zone twice. It, it was a difficult situation for Green Bay because you do sympathize with how it performed out of the gate. Again, started fast. Four three and outs in their first five possessions. Under any metric, that should be enough to allow your football team to be able to get out to a lead. But what hampered Green Bay in this game, Mike? And I thought Adrian Amos did a phenomenal job of outlining this after the game. If you're not going to have takeaways, and the Packers have, again, struggled to get takeaways. They lost that battle again in this matchup. If you're not going to have takeaways, it's going to be difficult to keep an opposition off the board because the way this game is played, especially in this year, there's going to be an explosive. Now, how you react after that is still something to be said. Right. But – Ultimately, it came down to three plays for the New York Jets. It was that 41-yard pass to Davis. It was the 20-yard run for a touchdown by Berrios. Which was the very next snap, the very next play. Yep. And then also Brees Hall, who you and I spent two episodes last week talking about how dynamic this young man is. He finally ended up breaking one, got the 34-yard touchdown. That was basically it. In addition to the fact the Packers had the punt blocked return for a touchdown. But defensively, that's all the Packers really conceded. But in a game like this, when your offense isn't producing, when you're not getting takeaways, and you're not perfect in another phase, you're absolutely right with the pitcher's duel analogy because the Packers blinked first, yep. and the Jets were able to pull out a big victory. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? (laughs) Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and you mentioned the punt block for a touchdown. Very disheartening to see the special teams breakdowns. There was a blocked field goal when the Packers were trying to get on the board early, then the blocked punt for a touchdown. Ultimately, that's, you know, as we talked about with uh, the playoff game against the 49ers last year, that's 10 points 
in a game that, in this case, the Packers lose by 17. So even with, with everything that was going on offensively and defensively, the special teams that had had come so far, I think, in a pretty short amount of time, frankly, with what we had seen through the first five games on special teams, the first big breakdowns, the first big letdowns happened in that phase, and this was absolutely the game you couldn't afford. I mean, that's Murphy's Law, right? I mean, if something, when something can go wrong, it will. And uh, and what had been the most stable phase of the game for Green Bay with Rich Bisaccia turning around these special teams, they had a bad day as well. Yeah, they did. And Here's the probably the most frustrating part of this thing. Offensively, Packers did not play well enough. No question about that. You can't get 10 points. You can't really only have two big drives. You have to, you have to do better than that, especially at this league, to, to outduel the opponent. The maddening thing on defense and special teams is adjustments were made, improvements were made, but it ultimately was big plays that eroded. Defensively, just to, before we jump into special teams, Jair Alexander, people calling for him to match a receiver. He matched Garrett Wilson in this thing, completely took Wilson out of the game. Yep. The Packers wanted to, to do better against the run. They, by and large, did that in the first half before some big runs in the second half. It looked like a more complete unit. Special teams, they get a punt block right. earlier in the game. Right. Eric Wilson, the recent signee, a guy that had a previous block when he was with Minnesota three or, or four years ago. He was able to come out, make a play, leads to a six-yard punt. So he doesn't get credit for it, but it still gave Green Bay the ball inside Jets' territory. Yes. Well, what happens later on? They get the, punt, the field goal blocked. They get the punt blocked. Those type of plays, Mike, in that one-play, one-down sort of mentality of special teams, it's too much. It, 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 it hurts you too much, and it wipes out all the positivity that Green Bay had had in that game, being able to keep the Jets, win the position battle again as regards to the field. A big play like that that puts points on the board ultimately is just the same as an interception for a touchdown. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a big play that happens that ultimately turns the tide of a football game. Yeah, well, a few things to talk about personnel-wise as far as what we saw in this game and what we may or may not see going forward. But uh, Keyshawn Nixon is the new kickoff returner um, uh, for this special teams unit, and he was darn close to breaking one. Yeah. Um, he looked like uh, maybe if he, if he slips one more tackle, he could have been, uh, been out the gate. Uh, Randall Cobb, unfortunately, um, sustained an ankle injury Although it sounds like it is not as serious as maybe initially feared, he's going to miss some time, but all indications are it's not a season-ending ankle injury. So that could lead to, you know, we may see some more of Amari Rodgers on offense. And we saw him late in the game essentially running a Randall Cobb crossing route from the slot, makes a catch, moves the chains for a first down there. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then as far as the offensive line, Jake Hansen had stepped in for Royce Newman, but Hansen, Hansen injures a bicep, then has to leave. Newman goes back in. Lots of talk right now and speculation as to whether Elton Jenkins is going to stay at right tackle or if the Packers are going to move him to a guard spot. And if they do move him to a guard spot, then what is the domino effect there? So um, lots of personnel things here to keep an eye on moving forward as the Packers head to the nation's capital this weekend. First and foremost, I love Randall Cobb because I know you're not big on social media, but he had probably the best one-two combination I think I've ever seen for I did. A, I did see it, Instagram by the way, story. But yeah. <laughs> 
Him and, and you feel terrible. The t- the photos look terrible. The videos look heartbreaking. I mean, the guy's crying, putting the thing, thinking he broke his ankle. Yeah, he thought his, he thought his career was over, as Aaron Rodgers said after the yeah. game. In, in the moment, he thought that was it. Yeah, and at 32 years old, you just never can be sure, and you know how these things work. But then you see the second one, which you can go look at on Instagram yourself if you see it. But uh, just needless <laughs> to say, a, a man dancing with crutches in celebration of the fact that he could be back soon. That's huge for Green Bay's offense. They need him back. I think time has proven that. Randall Cobb is not going to play 70 snaps a game anymore. That much is certain. I know he would love to, but that's not the role Green Bay's asking of him. But time and time again, Mike, it's not a coincidence over the last year how we've seen Aaron Rodgers turn to him in those third-down situations. There were positives to this thing for Green Bay. Alan Lazard every week looks more and more like a top-flight receiver. Had a great back-shoulder catch for a touchdown, which you would have loved to see in that play in that series to start a game to get yourself moving the football. Robert Tunyon set a new Packers record with 10 receptions, being able to, again, be that third-down target late when the Packers a go-to target late when Randall Cobb wasn't available. But ultimately, not being able to run the ball well enough, whatever phase you want to put that on, blocking scheme, whatever. We, it's not just about getting the ball in people's hands. It's about being able to make use out of those yardage. And 60 rushing yards just isn't going to get the job done. What is the transition? What is the adjustment? I thought Joe Barry showed last week that you can reset the board. You can do things differently. Yeah. Offensively, how they go about doing that, that is the task at hand for Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and these coaches trying to figure out what the best foot forward will be. Yeah, and ultimately right now, this is this is the the biggest regular season challenge of the Matt LaFleur era. Not just because of back-to-back losses in a regular season for the first time, but how the Packers have looked, quite frankly, on both sides of the ball the last six quarters. Um, and then also with, with, with the special teams breakdowns popping up. This team has a this team has a major, major challenge in front of it. And I mean, obviously in the past, they've dealt with injuries to David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Aaron Rodgers missing a game with COVID and you know all of that this is this is bigger right now this is a bigger challenge than all that in term in terms of uh the challenge for the leadership of the team both coaching wise and player wise in the locker room and uh this is this is a team that's got to that's got to fight its way out of a hole here and this is a place that that Matt LaFleur as head coach of the Green Bay Packers has not been in before. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the response is because right now, as you said it, I said it in Insider Inbox, what matters now is the response. You got you got the Packers have gotten knocked down and then they were knocked down again a second week in a row. What's the response? What are you going to do? And um this team has the veteran leaders. They believe in the players in the locker room. They certainly believe in the coaching staff. What are they going to do? How are they going to pull it back together? Because uh, three and three, not what anybody expected, not where this team expected to be six games into the season. And that's why I really appreciated many of the veterans who talked after the game, their perspective on things. Because there is several of these rookies, first-year player, not rookies, but first, second, third-year players, players that have only been here during the Matt LaFleur area, maybe had successful college careers that don't know what it's like yeah. to, to lose off the bat. Adrian Amos was discussing this as well, mentioning that, yes, here we've started 8-1 and one a lot. We've started 8-2 and two a lot. But there's teams in the National Football League that have to start 3-3. Three and three. Alan Lazard said, you look at the Rams last year starting 3-3 three and three before ultimately getting their stuff together and making the run. 
David Bakhtiari played on a one-win Colorado team. Uh, Mercedes Lewis did it for years with the Jacksonville Jaguars and them trying to find themselves and, and win football games. It's not easy to win in this league, and that's why Matt LaFleur has said for three and a half years not to take that for granted. The challenge for Green Bay is, because they have faced adversity in the regular season before, as you outlined, is they're having to do it in the first and second quarter of the season. Yeah. It's early. You don't have a bunch of pelts on the wall already. You don't have the confidence built up that, oh, we've beaten six or seven teams already. We'll rally. We'll get, we'll get this one back. The key is, though, understanding that Packers could win 11 straight and finish 14-3 and three on the season. They could lose 11 straight and finish 13 and 3 and 14 on the season. Your season is what you make it at this point. Yep. It doesn't matter what's happened. Every single week is a battle for that W. The Jets won it last week. The, the Giants came back and took it the week before. The Washington Commanders are a team now with Taylor Heineke, and we'll talk about this on Thursday. They're going to be hungry to try turning around their fortunes now that Brian Robinson's back, now that they have some more of their pieces back. The Green Bay Packers have to go to FedEx Field on Sunday with a mindset, an ironclad will, that this is going to be our statement game. Not a must-win game. I will never say there's a must-win game before December. But they need to make a statement here that we are much better than the 3-3 three and three record that we currently it says we are. Yeah, there's no question about it. And it's the it's the first of three straight road games as well before the Packers um, do get back home. A little bit of sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7. 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, well, the Packers are 3-3, three and three, and it's really interesting when you look at the NFC. No, 3-3 three and three is not where the Packers want to be. 4-2, and two, if they had taken care of business at home against the Jets, would have certainly felt a lot better. But Two of the four divisions in the NFC, three and three is in first place. Yeah. So because of that, there are actually only four teams in the NFC that are better than three and three. Three of them are in the NFC East with the Eagles at six and oh, the Giants at five and one, and the Cowboys at four and two. And then obviously the Minnesota Vikings on top of the NFC North at five and one. The Packers now two games back, two games back in the division, six games into the season. Um, certainly the biggest uh, the biggest division deficit the Packers have faced in the in the Matt LaFleur era but as you said 11 games to go the season is just you know even getting close to to the midpoint here but uh, um, as Aaron Rodgers said after the loss in London to the Giants there's you know there there are games games that uh, there's only so many you can let get away, right? And now that the Packers are 3-3 three and three, heading on a stretch of three consecutive road games, they've kind of, uh, you know, they've kind of run out of those ones that you let get away because, uh, because otherwise Minnesota, you know, you're going to be chasing them for a while here now. Here, here's, a, again, something that's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say frustrating again, but I'm going to use the F word again, frustrating, is, and it's the reason why you can never look at a schedule in April or June and say, well, these are the wins, these are the losses. Right. And figure it out from there. Green Bay right now, 
uh, behind, I think, just Detroit in terms of the strength of schedule, uh, in terms of the toughest competition they face based on the wins and losses. The Packers have lost now to basically three winning clubs, so a four-win team and two five-win teams. That's the fact. But in order to make a stance that you are a playoff team, you are a division champion caliber team, you have to win those games. You have to be able to defend Lambeau Field. You have to be able to go into other teams' field uh, like they did against Tampa and, and show that we're not going to be pushed around. The challenge for them now is they're going to take on a Washington team that has basically no expectations. Uh, when you talk about all these teams and how tight things are, it's not the case right now with the Commanders. I think everybody and their mother is leaving the Commanders for dead at this point. That's a tough, dangerous opponent to face. Yep. We've seen before how that can go when you're facing a team that has literally nothing to lose. And you have a head coach that's wanting to prove that, you know, this is still the show that I'm running. This is the program we're building and we can be better. So that's where the danger comes in this weekend. There is nothing wrong with losing to the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be a good team. There's nothing wrong with what Brian Dabble is doing in, with the New York Giants. You give them and his coaching staff Daniel Jones credit for coming back. Saquon Barkley, I think right now as it stands, is an MVP-type candidate. All that being said, you're 3-3 three and three still. And now you go up against the Washington Commanders. Then you have to travel to Buffalo. Then you have to go against the Detroit Lions, who have one of the top highest-scoring offenses in the league. You can't worry about those next two games yet, but the sense of urgency that has to accompany this team right now, it's, it's critical because this is, you're still seven weeks away from a bye. You have to be able to perform. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and it was interesting. It was interesting choice of words by Matt Lafleur after the game on Sunday because he didn't just say that we need to improve, which is the obvious. It's that the Packers need to have a sense of urgency to improve there. And, and that, that qualifier there is important because everybody who takes the practice field on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week, they know that, that the team needs to improve, that things need to get better. But are you going to take the practice field just saying, okay, we're going to work on getting better or take the practice field with a sense of urgency that it's like, Hey, we've only got a couple of days to get some things straightened out and, and, you know, improve ourselves to the point where we can go on the road and win a football game. This is, and I, and I said this in, our, in the Monday Insider, I think I said it in Monday's Insider Inbox. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. It was in my head if I didn't actually write it. <laughs> this feels like this is the kind of week. You mentioned the commanders and Carson Wentz is injured and Taylor Heineke's going to take over at quarterback and they're getting um, uh, Robinson back and, and all of that kind of stuff. 
But this just this feels like a week where this week is absolutely nothing zero zilch to do with the Washington Commanders. This week is everything to do with what the Green Bay Packers are going to do on that practice field to get themselves playing better, regardless of what they see on film from Washington or, or what they have to prepare for specifically in that way. This week is 99.9% about the about the Green Bay Packers getting themselves in better shape to go win football games. That's that that's what it feels like to me. And and I'm going to bleed this into our little discussion about the weekend games because this is why it's important to realize where you are and where you want to go. Mike, just take this into account for a second. 4 weeks ago, Indianapolis Colts completely left for dead. They won on Sunday 34 to 27 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're now 3-2 and 1. Yeah. Matt Ryan everybody was saying was past it. Matt Ryan up for the FedEx uh, Air Player of the Week this week with how he performed. The Green Bay Packers disappointed to fall to the New York Giants. Same thing happened to the Baltimore Ravens, who have huge aspirations for this season. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody expected them to roll the football out on the field on Sunday at Heinz Field or whatever it's called now. The the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin reminded everybody, hey, I can coach the ball. We got some players that can win a football game. And they took care of business. You have so many teams right now that are at this gut check moment. And the season can go one of two directions. It is solely up to that team how they want to respond, how they want to perform. Again, it starts with Washington, but it's also a mindset that has to build up. Win, lose, or tie on Sunday, that urgency to improve in that reflection of – we need to be legitimately one week better than we were before because this still, in a lot of ways, is a young football team for the Packers. They're asking guys like Quay Walker and Eric Stokes and Romeo Dobbs to perform at an elite level right off the bat. Those guys need to be confident. They need to take that next step because in November, December, January, those are the players you're counting on to mount a playoff push. Yeah, well, looking quickly back at week six in the NFL, what game did you feel was the most significant result? Uh, Philadelphia, just because I thought, now again, I I know some people have really crashed on the Eagles a little bit for not dominating and just throwing out the opponent. But to me, the Eagles remind me a lot of those 2012 type Packer teams where maybe it gets a little close for comfort at certain intervals. But the fact of the matter is, They are so talented, they are so multiple, and you can tell how much they believe in their head coach and the direction that they're traveling. I I said it three weeks ago. I mean, they are an exciting football team. Dallas, it's a tough one because you still are not at full strength. Yeah, you don't. You're you, they're they're potentially getting Dak Prescott back at quarterback yeah. this week. I mean, the fact that I know there are no moral victories in the NFL, but the fact that they came back from twenty to nothing yeah. on the road in prime time at Philadelphia with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush and they got that game to 20 to 17 in the fourth quarter. That tells you something about what's going on in Dallas as well, even though they took their second loss and, of the season. And for as much as national media wants the crap on Mike, I mean, the guy builds cultures. He builds yep. programs. And I feel like that's what Dallas really in a lot of ways has lacked. They have as much many resources as any team in the National Football League. No question. They've had good coaches in the last few years. They've had some pretty good players. How do you build a culture that makes you stay together, stay con- consolidated in your efforts to be able to continue marching forward when you lose your starting quarterback in week one? So Hath goes off to Dallas. I-, I know for a lot of people it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City. For the Packers, you're obviously your antennas are up with the Bills right now. And, and certainly those, again, 
I said it before, Mahomes and, and Allen, those two are going to continue playing each other until the end of time here. They're going to be leading their teams up against each other for a long, long time. But from my perspective, I just look at that that in an NFC where everything is completely wide open right yeah. now, Philadelphia being able to continue its march and stay undefeated on the season, I thought was a statement-making performance in a division that is locked tight right now for the for the leader. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as this NFC East unfolds, Philadelphia and Dallas are going to play again. Philadelphia and the Giants, 6-0, and 5-1. and They've got two games against each other. They haven't faced one another yet so uh um and the and the giants and cowboys have one more game left against each other as well they faced each other once um so far this year but with that we'll call it a wrap on this edition of packers unscripted be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on packers.com for wes i'm mike thank you for tuning in everybody we'll see you next time If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.